Hello there, welcome to Unmitigated Bounders. Unbelievably, this is episode 8. You unmitigated bounders! I'm Pete. And I'm Fred. And this morning I am recovering from watching Carry On Up the Jungle for the first time in ages. But th- this is something we shall discuss another time. Yeah, I thought we weren't going to do any more carry-ons after the... Um... <laughs> Well, after the few raw that you caused last time, well, I, I, I might cause another for raw soon. But anyway, let us continue. Today, so what we're doing, what we're doing today, Fred? Right, today we shall be discussing um, an oddity in the sex comedy genre, under the Doctor. F- fairly obscure one, I would say. Yeah, very obscure, um, and and I would say universally. Um, disliked um like many of these films <laughs> um well yeah it, it doesn't have a great reputation um but actually it is it's one of the ones that's actually been pre- pretty much available since the 1980s on various uh, sort of video dvd formats well there's a funny story there which we will get to uh we will get to shortly um sort of before we start fred this this was your this film was your suggestion um, yes. for this week. Is Do you want to just fill us, fill us in on kind of what your thinking was in terms well, of coming to this one next? Well, I think it, it follows on um, quite nicely from the Adventures films discussions we had because yes. of who the star is, a certain Mr. Barry Evans. Um, yes, and as we know from our previous uh, discussions on the Adventures films... Um, Barry Evans pretty much expressed a, his opinion that he didn't want to do any more of these types of films. So um, after Adventures, um, he uh, if I just read something from a book called Bodies Beneath, written by William Fowler and Vic Pratt, and Vic has written a whole chapter on this film. So he says here, Stanley Long was fond of relating the sad tale of Evans' repeated attempts to return to the stage as a proper thespian. He said poor Barry had blown his money and he'd made, he'd made in Long's taxicab money spinner, even selling back his percentage in the pre-production to canny Mr Long, who didn't argue. Using the money he'd made to fund an ambitious and very serious theatre company out in the stick somewhere, which promptly went under. Not long after, according to Stanley, poor Barry was back, in somebody else's film, stripping off his pants and bearing his pasty bum once more. <laughs> you've you've made a like a quite a, well a very sad tale, but you've 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 made it comedic. Well, um, that that's Vic, a brilliant writer. <laughs> yeah, but it's also quite um, it, it's it's also quite fitting for this film because stylistically. This is all over the place, at times serious, even at times a little bit sad, and then suddenly um, slapstick and, and, yes. and OTT. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot happened, didn't it, if you think about it? Um, he made Adventures of a Taxi Driver. He essentially denied it. Not denied it. He, I mean that in the sort of biblical sense. He instantly rejected that sort of style of film, went off, did his thing, blew the money... And then a year later, he, he signs up for this, this travesty. 
and it, and it, it kind of, you know, it, it fits in with the sort of, you know, the the flaccid end of Barry's career at this point, you know. Yeah. Before, I mean, thankfully, after this, as we know, he, he became a huge TV star again. Yes, in, in mind your language. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, it just seems to have been... Uh, and hopefully there's a book coming out about this soon, but it seems to have been a kind of litany of um, bad career decisions. But it, it also demonstrates the sort of fickleness of, of acting careers. You know, one minute you're you're up there, next minute you're, you know, unemployed, basically. Yeah, yeah. And between, um, between the Doctor series and Adventures of a Taxi Driver, he had like a tiny part in um, Crossroads as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, so... The film, Under the Doctor. Right, so I've got a question for you. Yeah. So you've, it's 1977, you've 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 picked up, you've met your bird outside the chip shop, you've taken her to the cinema, you, you don't know anything about the film, you just see a funny poster with Barry Evans's face on and a sexy girl, and you go in and the film starts and you're watching Under the Doctor, what, di- what happens? got a great start you can't deny that so it's um it starts off with the theme tune sung by vince hill you know a standard sort of uh, crooning sort of number yeah yeah um and it has penny spencer um we'll talk about her career later um and she's walking around uh sort of kensington sort of area of london i think knightsbridge knightsbridge yeah, kensington through, yeah. um in a see-through blouse under which she's wearing no underwear so again back to my scenario things are going well you're sat in the cinema <laughs> and there's penny spencer who's very gorgeous um so things are going well at this point yeah and um it's it's a great uh, opening sequence because um it was filmed on the fly so to speak um yeah and the reactions of the people seeing her her, frankly, you know, quite pert boobs are, um, you know, are real, yeah. you know. Yes. Um, so basically, she's being leered at by a load of dirty old men. Yeah, it's very authentic. 
Um, so then she calls in at a sort of doctor's surgery. A, a, a Harley Street doctor's surgery. Yes. Um, and we see, uh, we have a voiceover. You don't see Barry Evans at first. It's him, though. Um, he's, he's this sort of doctor. He's reading that sort of case notes, uh, sort of sort of introducing us to his first case, who's called Marion. Yeah, case number three one five. He says that he says that kind of thing. Oh, does all he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what's the story with Marion? So this is this is where, as you're saying, it starts off. You know, yeah, you see her, you know, showing her boobs and stuff, and then she sits down and she starts basically telling a tale that she was abused by her stepfather. <laughs> we we need to plan these much better because you threw that out, you threw that at me. Um, so yes, okay, and obviously, you know, I don't find that that funny per se. Um, it's not funny, no. But case history number two three one zero, Marion left home at seventeen after an incident with her stepfather, whom she claims insisted on tucking her up every night, even though he knew that she liked to sleep in the nude. Eventually, of course, the inevitable happened, and tucking turned into um, sexual intercourse. It, it threw me, to be honest. Yes, but we're looking at this through. Um, we're looking through this through, mod, <laughs> through modern eyes. We're looking through this through a, a 2023 lens, not a 1977 lens. But but she says it in a very matter of fact sort of way, and um, and what makes it all worse is even like a flashback shot of her getting into the shower with him. Well, this is where I've got a, a, maybe a little bit of a news flash for you. Oh. So the version that you sent me, and I don't think we're going to end up in the dock for admitting that we've traded in a, an online version of this film, I'm assuming is a transfer of the VHS that I know you have. It is, indeed. With that sort of very weird cover. Yes. Which is, which is a bit wicker man, but we'll, we'll not go down that rabbit hole uh, <laughs> just yet. Um, that version, which came out in, I think, about 1986, that release has about a minute's worth of footage from this segment of the film deleted because it's basically her extra footage of her in the shower. Oh. And then extra footage of her and the stepfather in bed. Oh, no, I didn't realise that. Yeah, so, you know, out out of dedication to this podcast and purely for research purposes, I have located the, the full version um and yeah it's, it's a little bit more it's a little bit saucier there's yeah. there's quite a lot more going on um because when it was re-released i think in the late 90s early noughties you know when they brought loads of them out yes it was it was by that point you know it was deemed acceptable i'm sure that's the wrong way around i'm sure that's not, <laughs> you know, generally that's not how it works but um so yes it had been reinstated so there is it's not just a because I, I watched the cut and I was like, oh, that's a bit odd. That's a bit of a sort of weird sort of edit. Just this quick flash and then that's it. Um, but yeah, there is more. So it turns out it's actually relatively tastefully done. This edit, um, <laughs> kind of. You, well, you know, this is, and we might get to this, but this is, I think, one of the things I wanted to to pick up with you that the we haven't sort of really got into who the writer and director was yet but the director was 
this was his debut, I believe, or his de- film debut, and he was a former sort of cameraman, camera operator. Yeah. And I think that I actually I'm not saying this in a, a sort of a, a facetious way. I think that shows in the film, like there's some quite um, sophisticated like aerial shots. You know, the street scene at the end of the film when you know Barry gets in the car. Yes. Um, there's lots of and you're a filmmaker, so you'll know the term. But when when a camera's on a bit of a kind of um, on a track, and it pans backwards and forwards and to the side, to the yeah, left, that, the that's right. known in the trade as a camera being on the track and panning forwards and backwards and to the side. <laughs> well, exactly. But we don't see that kind of thing in any of these films. I would suggest, um, other than maybe sort of confession. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, Stanley Long was a cameraman, so you'd think... I mean, his, his camera work is very efficient, but I guess he doesn't really do anything too flashy. Yeah, he just... He just, he, he was, like, you know, hanging out the um, the roof of the car whilst it was flying down yeah. the street getting the shot <laughs> yeah. before the police caught them, I think. True, yeah. Um, but then there's almost, like, some of those scenes, not fl- sort of flashback scenes or fantasy scenes, just the whole vibe of the film, especially the bits that you talk, you just mentioned there, where Barry um, has these. The doctor that we don't see has these various women who come to see him with you know, sexual problems, and you hear his voiceover, case three one five, etc., etc., and then you hear him interviewing them, and although their answers are sometimes you know meant to be funny, I'm not saying they are. He's very straight-laced. Yes. Um, and, I mean, we'll get to it later, but the, the, the scenes with Liz Fraser, it's almost like, God, am I watching some kind of, like, serious 1970s, like, anthology <laughs> series? Or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very... And then, and then you cut to the, the silly scenes of bouncing on beds and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. But... Um, Back to Penny. So, yeah, so uh, he, he deems that she's having trouble having sex with men uh, for what, some reason or other. Something to do with yeah. his stepfather. I mean, um, I'm not a doctor, but that yeah. that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be my observation. <laughs> I think he's actually a, is he a psychotherapist or something. You know, he's a, Yes, he describes he, himself as that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then she describes uh, this scenario with this man that she had sex with. Mr. Johnson, who is in this sort of... Is it a flashback? Is it a dream? Is it made up? I don't know. Uh, we don't know, really. <laughs> I don't know anything. No, um, she's just describing it. It might be real, it might not. But anyway, Barry plays all the people in this sort of flashback dream sequences, doesn't he? Yeah, and um, in the book that you quoted from, it says, uh, a little bit unkindly, I thought, he plays multiple roles, but he's, he's no Peter's, he's, he's no Peter Sellers. <laughs> well, well, he's not, no. But that's, that's an unfair comparison, really. <laughs> he's not... Yeah, I think he, I think he does all right. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty much playing the same Barry character. Evans. Yeah, Barry Evans. <laughs> so Mr Johnson, so she, um, she goes to this job interview um, and he sits her down and says... Something like, uh, I'm going to give you a shorthand test. And she says, I wanted to give him a longhand test. Yes, I, I must admit, I, I saw that joke coming, as, as did you. 
He yes. said shorthand, and I did think, are they going to make the obvious? No, they, they, they probably won't. And then, yeah, they did. Yeah, and and he's he's and she he's absolutely obsessed by her boobs that she keeps um, sort of pretty much thrusting in his face. Yes. Your wife on the line, sir. Oh, uh, tell her I'm in an important meeting at the moment and can't be disturbed. Her credentials must be good. That's why I'm firing her. Now, uh, how are we doing? Oh, it's all right. I can do it quite easily from there. That was really the moment I knew when I felt his warm hand on my shoulder. Were you nervous? When I was trembling. Not from nerves, more excitement. And the letter? Oh, it made a complete ball to that, if you'll pardon the pun. Instead of good deal of duty, I typed... God, I feel fruity. I had no idea that my innocent typing error was going to have quite such a dramatic effect on him. He seemed to be lost for words for a moment, and then started to undo all of my good work. It became obvious that there were just a couple of points he wanted a closer look at. Good deal of duty. God, I feel fruity. Yes. Uh, which happens a lot in this film. Um, yeah. It's a very booby film, I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Barking up the wrong tree, but that's a, you know, that's another story. <laughs> well, uh, they, so they, they, there's this sort of big seduction. She's, yeah, it's pretty full-on scene, I would say. Um, she makes a you know, quite a a good effort to um, yeah, seduce Mr. Johnson, I would say. Yes. Uh, it gets quite saucy. I mean, Barry Evans, you see his pasty ass. you know? Yeah. He, he doesn't then, mind showing that. Um, no, and then there is a kind of a, a fairly unnecessary close-up of Penny Spencer's boobs. Um, and then it, 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 it veers ever so slightly into... Because another thing, again, sorry, I know I keep banging on about this, um, I've obviously got aspirations to be like a film student or something. <laughs> but there's lots of these scenes where there isn't incidental music. There isn't silly sort of carry-on no. style trumpets and stuff like that. So it, 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 the bit where, this point where they start getting down to it, um, it's a little, it veers into the porno. Whoa. Oh, shit. What was that? Um, yeah, we'll have to leave that in. Um, <laughs> what but, was that? My my chair's just broke. <laughs> Jesus, Fuck you can pick it up. Right, yeah. Um... <laughs> oh god, it was going so well. Uh, right, okay. Let's let's keep let's keep going. Uh, as long as it's still recording at your. Oh end. yeah, yeah. So, um... but I'll tell you one thing. I know I know. There's lots of um, speculation about Barry Evans and his sexuality and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I would say he gets into this this scene with Penny Spencer with some gusto. Uh, maybe maybe he was just a better actor than we've given. Wow, well, I mean, there's, there's a sort of a close-up of them kissing, and it's I thought it's very you know, full on. You know, as you say, he's he's an actor, but he's also he's um the 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 Liz Fraser scenes. Um, I I'd agree with that. He seems to be. He seems to be enjoying himself, but again, we'll 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 get yeah. back to that. 
Um, so yeah, there's they get on there. There's this thing with close up of the clackers, you know, those things that clack that you have on yeah, office desks. The ball yeah, that, that's a sort of a motif of what's going on, I suppose. Yeah, whilst they're under the under the desk yeah, shaking, yeah. And, and then it eventually falls off a bit like yes. my chair just now. Yeah, and and of course he gets interrupted, and by one of my favourite sort of comedy tropes in these sort of films, his wife, who's got the sort of high pitched. The squeaky voice, you know, and he sort of holds the phone away from his ear. He just his, <laughs> yeah. Does that happen in Charlie Brown and Peanuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens in all sorts of things. Um, but that's like you say. That's a weird kind of. You were saying about they don't have the funny music, and but this is a weird sort of stupid comedy bit that he sort of introduced. <laughs> looks pretty odd when you do. Yes? It's your wife again, sir. She says she must speak to you. I am sorry to disturb you. Okay, I put her through. Hello? Oh, Myra. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I know I promised to ring you, but I've been extremely busy. I've got a deal that I must sit on till it comes off. Yeah, all right, all right. It, I have thought about it, and the answer is still no. Well, I don't care if your mother ties herself to the railings of Buckingham Palace. She's not coming on holiday with us. Hmm? Uh, Myra, I must go. Something's just come up. Honestly, like, I... I don't think this was... A cynical venture. I think the people who made this film try to do a decent job. I'm not saying they succeeded, but there's little funny bits like that later on in the film. There's a bit of echo as as Barry lo- as you know as the Doctor goes insane and loses his mind. You start hearing these like. Oh yeah. Well, let's get onto that later because yeah, I've yeah. got theories about that. Right. Oh, interesting. Now I'm <laughs> now I'm interested. So another little bit for in terms of the scenes with Penny Spencer and the fantasy sequence where he's the the businessman and he's got a, he's got this like a secretary who keeps interrupting him yes. with a, like a, a real sort of annoying posh voice yes your wife's on line five Mr anymore. Johnson <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah and uh, anyway there's scenes that culminates so to speak with um, yes Penny Spencer disappearing under the desk. Yeah, there's a bit of that happened a couple of times. Well, there, yeah, the usual. Yeah. Business. What happens when women disappear under desks that men are sitting? Well, he just had just had a bit of he just had a bit of indigestion, didn't he? Exactly. Helping him out. Yeah. Um, So that's Marion, basically, basically, in a nutshell. Now, now, you know, just quickly, I thought. I mean, apart from the the sort of sinister nature of her situation, which we, you know, inexcusably laughed at earlier. Um, I thought those segments were quite good. I think she was, she's good. And it's a real shame that she wasn't around on screen that much after. Um, But it's over very quick, no pun intended. Um, It's a very quick sort of first segment. Yes. And then... 
Um, if I could just say while we, before we go, it's actually a great film for women because the parts for women in this are really good. Yeah. yeah compared to most films of this nature, um, it, it's basically you know about the women. This film, isn't it? Yeah, and they get they get sort of good. Yeah, they get. Oh God, it sounds like I'm taking the piss here. Meaty parts to get the teeth. Yes. Now there's just no other way to put it, and I'm not being saucy. <laughs> but yeah, they are. They've got funny parts. They're not just sort of. They're not just there to look gorgeous and you know yeah no it's a, it's a good point i hadn't thought of that so next one is lady victoria um the one thing i will say about this film is there's very long sort of lots of long scenes in this so the scene where she's introduced it's, there's a very long scene of her just in the back of a car yeah kind of just yeah. just sit, yeah, just quite professionally shot i would say but yeah but just sitting they could have cut it down by quite some substantial amount i would say well, I think that would. Have, I mean, I, th- I think this entire middle segment with Lady Victoria. Oh, it goes on forever, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, you know, I, I kind of had one eye on it at this point, and it was yeah. Yeah. Bit uh, so she's a countess or lady or something. A countess, I think. Uh, countess. Case history number two four two zero Victoria. Daughter of the fourth Earl of Stockbridge. Educated and exclusive public school for girls. Followed by two years in a Swiss finishing school. A society debutant who had one of the last coming out parties of any significance. However, since coming out, she's done very little else. A former member of the so-called Jet Set, she spent most of her time being taken around the world by some very eligible admirers. Or as she puts it, wooing, viewing and screwing. An interesting observation from a future countess. She, her boyfriend is Sir Rodney Harrington Harrington, who she she's with just to please her dad, who's a banker yes. or something, some some sort something like that. And um, so anyway, uh, Lady Victoria is played by Hilary Pritchard. Yes. Who is uh, as we've been doing? Is she she's really gone up in my estimate estimation because I, I she kind of passed me by before, but she's actually in quite a lot of these films. Yeah, she is. Um, she's. And she, I don't think she was authentically posh, but she does. She does posh. Yes, she does. Really convincingly. Yeah. Um, and she's very she, game as well. I mean, pretty much every scene she's in, she's got her tits out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, for, even for she didn't have to. She's just got them out. You know, which is quite unusual for an actress to yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it reminds me of, of Gay Soper in Handyman. She was like that as well. She just. Didn't mind. And she, yeah, you know? she, she, as much as I, as much as I find the scenes, these, this particular segment, quite boring. If I'm honest, she is, she is very good and similar, like you say, similar to Gay Soper, as well as being, you know, game. Um, she, she adds a lot to proceedings. Yes. Uh, I've written in my notes here. There's a long, tedious explanation scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean that kind of sums yeah. up the whole podcast, really. Yeah. But. Um, Oh, come on, Victoria, don't be such a tease. Kiss me. In a moment, Rodney. First of all, tell me the names of the companies you were talking about downstairs. No, Victoria, I can't do that. In that case, you can't do that. Oh, Victoria, please. Please? Names. Oh. So, in a nutshell, she's with this guy and she sees the butler who's played by Peter Cleal. 
so she fancies a bit of rough. Yeah, so it's a bit of a police reunion, sort of. Yes, yes. Um, uh, he's called Wilkins. Um, so there's this scene of uh, Hilary Pritchard and Jonathan Cecil plays the... Um, uh, Rodney, the Lord, Rodney, Rodney, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Cecil's an interesting one because his his dad was a lord. Uh, well, he was authentically posh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm surprised he's not in more of these sort of films. Um, he was Cecil. quite busy. You know, yeah. Having a look, he was quite busy. Um, he, what I didn't realise until sort of prepping for today, is that he'd been Poirot's sidekick in a number of. Uh, TV movies with Peter Ustinov. Oh, oh, right. So he had quite a good career then. Yeah, and he is apparently, and again, news to me, sort of fondly remembered for um, sort of audio versions of Jeeves and Worcester. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's got that voice, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, But there is another reason he might have appeared why he's in this film. And because this scene is, is filmed in a really nice sort of stately home, and there's lots of nice costumes, which you wouldn't expect in a film of this sort of budget. Uh, but it turns out that the producer of this film was the costume designer of Barry Lydon, Linden, which had filmed recently, you know, the Stanley yeah. Kubrick film. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan Cecil was also in Barry Lydon. So I imagine... Linden or Lydon? I can't remember. Lind- Linden Lydon. <laughs> You could be wrong. Yeah, you could exactly. be right. <laughs> um, so that's why um, I imagine he pinched, well, borrowed a lot of costumes, I imagine, because they're the same. Well, know, yeah. I mean, maybe, from, they, maybe they pinched some of the yeah. technical kit that we've talked about as well. And that might be why Jonathan Cecil ended up in it. He, he went along with this producer guy. Yeah, because he, he was in that film, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so that's a little factoid for you. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably accurate because it's this wouldn't this wouldn't have been an expensive film, but I don't think it in fairness, I don't think it ever looks cheap. It would be really fascinating to find out more from the people who made this film, how they make it look pretty good. Yes, indeed. Um so anyway, back to Wilkins and Lady what's her name? Um yeah. Uh, so she gets the, she gets Jonathan Cecil drunk, um, and basically asks Wilkins to come to her room. And there's this sort of long scene of sending him back to get orange juice, champagne, etc. Uh, and he's getting more and more sort of frustrated. And then, and then eventually do. <laughs> and then he's uh, so they have this champagne, and he jumps on her, and of course the champagne cork comes out, and the fizz dribbles out, and and uh, and there's a disappointment. From yes. her. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've never had a real lady before. Mm. And I live in under less than a third bike. I've always found the aristocracy doesn't have the same Will it take long to get another one? Um, I mean, that's um, up there with the train going in the tunnel, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it really is. And there's 
there's quite a lot of this going on in terms of themes, like you know, premature disappointment, shall we say? Yes. The the the, the lack of. Well, there's even more disappointment in the next segment, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Um, so then, somehow they see from that into this. She has this historical um, fantasy of. So it's Barry Evans comes into it then, and he gets in a duel with a Jonathan Cecil character, doesn't he? Over 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 Hilary Pritchard. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it it feels shoehorned in this, you know, this this bit. Yeah, it, it goes on for ages all, as well. Yeah, you can almost imagine a scenario where they're like, oh shit, we've got all these um, brilliant cost, period costumes yeah. and settings to utilize. Let's let's rustle up a quick. They do. Scene. They do because the big the intro to this scene again is it goes on for ages of people milling around the front of the house and Barry Evans yeah. arriving on a horse. You know, it goes on forever. Yes. Uh, so they have so this. It's a pity. Cause... Yeah, yeah, go on. No, I was saying they have this sort of comedy duel, don't they? Well, in the in the in the loosest possible <laughs> sense. Um, and it ends up with her shooting Jonathan Cecil, and she goes to um, she jumps on Barry Evans in the hayloft and. She says, where is it? And it turns out his cock got shot off in the war. <laughs> for heaven's sake, man, a woman can't wait forever. Come here. Oh, John, John, stop protesting so. I'm only a woman after all, and you've been away these two long years. Oh, John... John, kiss me, kiss me, John, John, I can't wait any longer, oh John, 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 where is it? Well, as I told you, I was wounded in battle and, um... Lord Woodbridge? Lord Woodbridge? Lord Woodbridge, Lord Woodbridge, Lord Woodbridge, are you not too seriously wounded? Why the anticlimax? Oh, but that's half the fun. Keeping the lady's honour intact. It means that she's always available as a pure, innocent creature when the Marquis comes along. Who? The Marquis of Mitzenburg. You see... Yes, yes, of course, we can go into that more fully next time. Thank you, Victoria. Please come again. Which, to be fair, when you know she was overseeing a competition, essentially a duel to who would get her, that would have been information that would have been, I think, fair and proper to furnish her with. <laughs> yeah, definitely, you know, like, yeah. Not after the event. Yeah. That's no use. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so again, I mean, the, the men don't come off well in this. You know, they're... they're you know, disappointing lovers. They've, yeah, they've been castrated. It's, it's. Yeah, they 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 fail to recognise that you know a clumsily clumsily arranged sausage and tomato combo on a dinner plate is a is a, a you know a sexual come on. Which brings us to case number three. Be- before we move on to case number three, because um, you know, I think we've 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 wrapped battle through case number two because it's neither of us particularly enjoyed it what do you what do you make of peter cleal 
in this. Ah, yes. So Peter Cleal, um he's kind of treading water, I would say. Um, it's not a great part. He's kind of a sort of a cockney, isn't he? Being a cockney. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, almost thuggy as the butler. But as you said, yeah, it's this. It's interesting that both him and Penny Cleal ended up doing more sort of adult films. I wonder if that was a conscious decision by them to, you know, get rid of the the please sir sort of tag around the neck. Well, I can't. I mean, obviously she left the series, but I imagine he would have been mitten. Uh, please, uh, till he was yeah, true. you know, fifty-five, which is probably only about two years after it finished. But um, <laughs> you know, um, but her, I in think, her case, I guess she was trying to make a you know a point, so to speak, that she's yes. no longer this sort of you know teenage girl from Please Sir, sexy schoolgirl. So she plays a a, 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 a sexy schoolgirl who's been <laughs> assaulted by a, a father, a stepfather. But anyway, you, you know, we digress. Um, so yes. It's a bit of a. It's like I mean we, we won't dwell on this because I think we discussed it at length in the previous episode. But with the likes, I mean, you got Penny Spencer in there. I think her scenes, you know, you know, apart from the sort of moral question marks, I think her segment of the film's pretty good. But it's brief, and that's pretty much. I mean, we do meet her again briefly later, but that's pretty much it for her. Peter Cleal, he hasn't got a lot to work with here, but he. He does his thing, you know, what he brings, that sort of slightly roguish, cockney sort of thing. Um, he does it really well, but he hasn't got a lot to work with here. Just another, and then and then we have these overlong segments, which aren't that great. So just another, again, it's the sort of one of the curse curses of these films. Quite good people, just underused a little bit. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, but I suppose... His role in this is probably more interesting than the one he had in Adventures of a Plumber's Mate. Yeah, and he he, he gets his uh, yeah. he kind of gets his photo on the um, the poster, and that's not a euphemism. It's, yeah. he literally does have his yes photo on the you uh, the quad poster for this. Yes, he does. Um, so yeah, so that brings us to. But Hilary Pritchard is great in this as well. Yes, uh, I mean, as you say, it's a bit of a boring segment but her her part is, is very well realized yeah. and um again in prep for this episode she was in and it's on youtube and you might feature it in the the the, the post recording edit but she's in a an, a an advert a 1970s advert for bernie Inns. oh is she okay where the the, the the tagline's really punchy it says get a meal for Around ninety nine pence. <laughs> it might be a little bit more, might be a little bit less, yeah. but it'll be around ninety nine pence. Wow. Yeah, I found out um she 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 uh, didn't she died quite early, she was only fifty four when she died. Yeah. Yeah um, sad. She kind of her last role was in a Dick Emery show in nineteen eighty one and then after that there was nothing. Yeah, I suspect I don't know, I was gonna say I suspect you did theatre and stuff like that, but I mm. don't know. But she is, I, I agree with you, she's, she sh- she shines in this, despite the fact that the scene's not great. She's really yeah. good. She's um, a lot more, her part in this is a lot more impressive than it was in, God, which one was she in? Plumber's Mate? Yeah, Plumber's Mate, yeah. Plumber's Mate, yeah. So, yeah, it's a shame she, shame she didn't do more, and it's obviously very sad that she died so young. No, wait, it's Private Eye. Private Eye. 
All right. Maybe it's both. <laughs> yeah, it's just one big sort of universe, like Stanley Long <laughs> universe, and the, the, the crossover. Yeah. Um, so, right, okay, so we've we've done the, the, the overlong Kubrick-esque posh bit. Yeah, and, and then, then... Case 3, yeah. Sandra, the great Liz Fraser, which for, for many would be the, the main reason to watch this film, I would say. She has a lot of fans, as we know. Yes, yeah, she really does, yeah. Um, struggling with your likes on Twitter? Get a picture of Liz on there. You taught me that. I learned from the best. <laughs> yeah, can't fail. Um, it's a good role for Liz, I think. Um, it's probably her sexiest role, I'd say. She's, I mean, she's almost, you know, it's the nearest she ever gets to, you know, getting him out, I would say. Uh, yeah, it's all sexiest as in sort of near yeah. the knuckle, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Been shopping? Oh, I was just, I was just looking at these. I things thought uh, all you young women of today wore tights. Oh, we do. It's just that I saw these in the window of one of those shops in Soho, and I don't know how I plucked up the courage, but I went in and bought them. <laughs> they're not for me, though. Oh, I see. No, they're for Colin, my husband. Your husband likes to wear women's clothes. Of course he doesn't. But he does like to see me wearing things like this. Colin's always hated tights, and I promised him that on my next trip to London, I would get a pair of nice silk stockings. Look, they've got seams. (laughs) How deliciously decadent. Why does your husband like stockings so much? Oh, come on now. You must be joking. I mean... Haven't you ever run your hand up a stockinged leg? Uh, may we talk about you? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I didn't... Right. Your husband finds them stimulating. Well, yes, I suppose he must do. Not that he ever needs stimulating. He never thinks of anything else. If I'm in the kitchen, for instance, bending over the oven to see if my Yorkshire puddings have risen and he comes in, next thing I know, he's got both his hands up my skirt and he's putting the meat in. Or dare I say, close to the bone. No, sorry, yeah. we're, not that, we're not that kind of podcast. I apologise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what, what? Tell me more. What do you? What do you make of Sandra so, and, and this yeah. segment? Again, it starts with another long sequence of her on the bus. <laughs> um, so we've had. So we have Penny walking along. Uh, we have Lady Victoria, uh, Hilary Pritchard. She's in a posh, posh car now. Liz is on a on a bus. For about ten minutes. Yeah, her, her tale's quite sad because she's—I uh, think she wants her husband, and she kind of she's invented this husband. I think he's invented, isn't he? Yeah, he's it's, invented. It's all, yeah, she's of, invented a husband and kids, whereas in actual yeah. fact, she lives in Watford with her with her mother. Yeah, uh, so element of sadness about that. Um, so she meets her husband, pretend husband, who's called Colin. Uh, she's working in a lab as like a lab assistant, and he's. Uh, I guess he's the what's above a lab assistant, the lab um, manager, uh, I know. <laughs> um, um, uh, chemist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he apparently he's he's always at always at it. He's always after her. There's a line about where he uh, she says something about him uh, bending over the oven and he's sticking his meat and two veg in or something. Yeah, she she <laughs> says when I'm cooking the Yorkshire puddings, he, and I'm bending over. To check, when well, I'm bending over to check on the Yorkshire puddings, he comes up behind me and puts the meat in. I mean, <laughs> that was a low point. Um, 
But yeah. Um, so she she wants to have sex with him, but she wants she wants to initiate it. This is the her problem, isn't it? Something oh, like right. that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I sorry, I yeah. missed that. I was. It's not that she's not getting it. It's that she wants to be the one, and whenever she initiates it, he's not interested. This is the whole ah, right. problem. It, it, it makes sense now because yeah. I, I was I was. I was thinking, how come he's gone from like sex mad to not being yeah. able to, not being interested at all? Yeah. So her first uh, scene starts with her. She finishes her day at the lab, and for some reason, she she says she's very hot, so she needs to have a wash in the sink. So she takes off her lab coat to reveal her, you know, undies. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, Colin Barry Evans comes in and starts fondling her, and. Um, he gets her on the sort of lab table and he falls off, doesn't he, and sort of smashes the test tubes. Yeah. So that... uh, good bit of slapstick going on. Yeah. A bit like, bit like in this bedroom to do. Oh, oh my God! Oh! Oh! You frightened me to death. I didn't hear you come in. No, I could see you were busy, so I thought I wouldn't uh, disturb you. I thought you were in a hurry. Oh, I am. I forgot my papers. I just remember what the subject was. What? The effects of the naked female body on the fibres of y France. Oh, wow. Yeah, so then it goes to the, their house and he's sitting there waiting for his dinner and she comes in looking very booby. Um, uh, she's trying to seduce him, so she's got like, the aforementioned sausage and mash and tomatoes arranged on the plate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she sort of gives it to him, sort of wobble, wobbling her boobs in his face and he's like not interested. And then she says... Would you like mine or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he goes, oh yeah, and he sort of puts puts his hand between her legs, and she rolls her eyes in, you know, <laughs> absolute pleasure. And then he reaches for her plate and says, yeah, yeah. "Where's not one not?" <laughs> and slaps it on. Um, <laughs> and then there's a, a scene where she's sort of trying to, she sort of does a strip tease on the sofa, and it ends with her kind of basically flashing her lady parts right in his face and he goes oh that reminds me I need to take it to the cleaners <laughs> she goes what because oh the coat she's wearing this coat is it a muck yeah well I would like to see the roles reverse get me to turn Colin on give him the hots for me make him wild with passion before he even got anywhere near me <laughs> describe it to me well I imagine that everything starts off very normally, and I work up to it. Where would you like it? On the table, as usual, love. Now, that would normally be enough on its own. That looks nice. I hope you like it. I've made a bit of a cock-up of it, I'm afraid. Tastes all right to me. Oh, pass the sauce, please, love. Oh. <laughs> Anything else? No, it's fine, man. Uh, would you like a bit of mine? Hmm. If you're not angry, love, wasting up, what not? Um, and then there's this game of strip snap, um, which she deliberately loses so she can take her clothes off, but that doesn't interest him. Um, and then they go upstairs and she does this whole 
sort of song and dance, sort of cabaret style song yeah, and dance routine. Yeah, Marlene Dietrich. In, yeah, we're in sort of uh, Stanley Long Adventures territory yes, at this point. With a, with a well, she probably she probably does it better than any of the other people we've seen do this yeah, kind of. I'd say so. Thing. Yeah, she looks like she's done it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, am I? We can't let this chance go by. Let this chance go by, custom must have my babies, you. I must come, you must stay, cause I must have it away. Must have it away, cause I feel like a nice long So, so you will not give me what is mine. Okay, I must take it. Remove this. And now this. You would like to take my clothes off? Okay, lie down. And... Yeah, so that ends with him finally getting excited and... And he jumps on her and the bed collapses. There's the bed collapse, you hear the springs going boing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not entirely sure what the point is at the end of her scenes. What what has she achieved? I don't know. Because she still seems quite miserable. Well, the thing is, this this whole problem that she's presented... So she presents the problem, uh, and she presents what she, tr- how she tried to resolve it and failed, and then, then eventually does resolve the problem. But it's all fantasy in any case, so there's a lot more to resolve. I know that sounds complicated, but yeah, I, I think what what's it all about, or what's the point, is a very uh, a salient question. Yeah. Um, so that's th- so that's the three that we've met. Um, so then. So, you- but so, before we do, before yeah. we do that, because that's it's an, again a quite a, a meaty segment, so to speak. Um, but I enjoyed this this segment. Well, I enjoyed it full stop. I I, I genuinely found myself laughing and laughing out loud. Um, I think that I think they they're having a lot of fun, and I suspect, and obviously I don't know, and probably struggle to find out now. But I suspect that those two really liked each other because they appear to be, they appear to be having fun, and and actually they've got really good chemistry. They have, yeah. It's the same. But when they they have their brief scene in Taxi Driver, you, you can tell they, they do, gel yeah. well together. They're enjoying it, aren't they? They're just enjoying doing the scene together, yeah. and you just, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to sound a bit loveyish here, which you know I've got no um, right to be loveyish, but it's almost like. I suppose when you're an actor, if you, especially if you're doing a script that you, doing a film that you both know is not really that great, which I imagine none of them were under the illusion that this was like great movie making that they were doing. But if you if you trust that other actor, you're going to kind of get into it a lot more. Definitely. Um, and I think there's a bit of a bit of this going on, and yeah, the 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 the, the, the snap scene I thought was very funny. Um, and he and, and in that bit and then the bit in the bed I'm almost I almost got a sense that Barry Evans 
is smirking. Um, he's smirking because he's having fun. He's enjoying it. Um, quite nice to watch, actually. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, probably also regretting that he didn't do the other adventures, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let, you know, hopefully, put that out of his mind. <laughs> um, but it's. If anybody's going to take the punishment, it's you! Ah! Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to come on to the sort of the, the, the climax of the film. Yeah, as one. So, but, but, before, sorry, uh, uh, just before we move on, I, I've, I've banged on earlier in the episode about the sort of stylistic aspects to this film. Liz Fraser is almost, apart from the comedy sequences, Liz Fraser is playing this, especially the bits where she's been interviewed by the Doctor, who we can't see. She's playing it very, very straight. And she is, again, I sound a bit pretentious She is acting her socks off, actually. Yeah, um, it's like you said at the beginning, I think it could, it could easily be like a sort of play for today or something, couldn't it? You yeah, know, like that's, a, what I, that's what I was... Yeah searching for earlier um and because there's yeah, definitely she, an element of tragedy about her you know no there is yeah there definitely is the like in it, the invented know, husband and kids you know and and he's the the voiceover says however um i've kind of got to go along with this pretense because i don't want to to risk her disengaging from treatment um and i know we're, i know we are absolutely over intellectualizing this you know but please indulge us um i i think it's i think it's symptomatic of a wider problem of the film which is it doesn't quite know which way the wind's blowing so at times it's almost like this sort of almost sophisticated physiotherapy not physio psychotherapy sort of uh, comedy drama and then we go off into sort of weird period pieces then we go a bit porno and then we go into the sort of sort of semi-tragedy um not semi-tragic sorry um yeah but in, interesting i it's definitely not as i mean we'll do our final summing up but definitely a lot more interesting and um worthy maybe might not be the word but definitely yeah definitely of, in, of interest um, and not as scuzzy as you've possibly suggested to me previously that it is <laughs> right have you finished your soliloquy now I have <laughs> <laughs> and sort of the prologue <laughs> the, 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 this is where it all gets really weird I find um, so he calls it Barry Evans uh, calls in the nurse and he sort of lies so down so we now see Barry Evans for the first time as, as the doctor yeah, as the doctor properly yeah uh, yeah. And this nurse comes in, wearing sort of classic sort of NHS specs. Uh, I was fully expecting, you know, that something was going to happen there. You know, to take the glasses off, etc. Yeah, doctor, you've been a very bad boy. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Um, but it doesn't go down that way. Uh, so he talks to her on the couch like he's, you know, can't deal with it all. Um, and then all the characters start coming back in, don't they? <clears throat> sort of bursting yeah. into the room. Um. So she, uh, Marion comes in. Um, she tries to seduce Barry, 
and, and the nurse has to under, under the doctor again. Yeah, it gets under, uh, the, under the table. Sorry. Yeah, and yeah. the nurse has to sort of drag her out. You know, this, kicking this and sex screaming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me at him. Let me yeah. at him. Uh, and then <clears throat> Lady Victoria comes in, Hilary Pritchard, um, sort of dressed in the, the the sort of you know old-fashioned gown that she's wearing in the previous scene. So this is what I don't get. She's she's dressed like that. So she's dressed as her fantasy, isn't she? Well, that is. He immediately assumes that she has come dressed as her fantasy in order to have him. Yeah, she gets um, she gets a gun out, doesn't she? And she shoots the cock off a statue that's in the yeah, room. This is what <laughs> this is what I mean. So we've had you know Barry before with his knob shot off. We've had um, Barry with Liz Fraser, you know, not not being up for in certain in, you know, uh, situations, and then we have Peter Cleal going going off too soon so there's definitely a, a, a theme there a preoccupation shall we say i don't i think jonathan cecil doesn't ever even gets away does it because he gets no. he gets shooed out of the bed doesn't he yeah um and then gets too pissed yes um so the nurse again the nurse drags off lady for then sandra comes back in liz fraser um no just when she comes back in has she come in for it's only Marion out the three who come back in, and he thinks they've all come to to, to have him. Yes, um, but it's actually only Marion who has come in to have him. Um, I don't think they're all after him, aren't they? That's that's what I got well, from it. Lady Victoria's off to a fancy dress party. That's what she says. That's what she says. But this is what I'm getting. This is I'm getting confused. Well, I I have a theory that it is in fact. The Barry Evans Doctor character who's invented all these people, and perhaps they don't actually exist. They're all in his mind. Well, yeah. So, talk me through that because after all three have come in, what then happens? Um, between each one, he's uh, he's like downing loads of pills, you know, that sort of comedy way. He just tips them into his hand, and <laughs> in theory, he'd be dead after taking all those pills. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like this: your hand he just swallows loads of pills uh, without water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the nurse comes back in. He, he just keeps seeing the nurse everywhere. He looks around. The nurse is like lying on the desk in a sort of seductive sort of pose, yeah, lying yeah. on the couch. And he just she sort of keeps appearing. Um, and he sort of um, and the the nurse does take off her glasses. Yeah, and then he says, "I you know I can't stand it anymore," or something like that. Yeah, and he and he kind of goes crazy um, and sort of runs out. Um, and the nurse sort of gets on the phone and says, "Oh, doctor, watch him. Can you can you come and see Doctor Evans? You know he's uh, he's yeah. gone he's gone nuts again." Sir, now we're exposing ourselves to patients. My my, doctor, this sexual therapy isn't having a very good effect on you, is it? Perhaps you should take up chiropody and work your way up. After a while, you'll reach the knees, and then you can move on to higher things. Now, look, nurse. Oh, calm, doctor. I'm not silly. I know why you wanted to cancel those appointments. It's me, isn't it? Hmm? You've always desired me. You've always wanted me. Now, just a minute. My glasses. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh, 
side of the car. <laughs> it's a nice car. It's a red Jaguar, isn't it? It's a really nice car. Yeah, and the um, one, the one at the, the one that uh, Lady Victoria is, yeah. is that a Daimler? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Right. So he, so he, so he drives off. He sees all these sexy nurses, but yeah. the actual, they're all uh, fragments of his, or figments of his imagination. Ooh. Sorry. And the actual nurse isn't a wild nympho. If she exists, who knows? Maybe they're all made up in his mind. I have no idea. <laughs> so I think in another uh, unmitigated Bounders exclusive, you were basically saying that M. Night Shyamalan ripped off um, <laughs> the sixth sense from under the Doctor in that none of this ever happened. Yeah, I do get that impression that this is all in Barry Evans' imagination. None of these women actually exist, and it's all about him not being able to get it off with anyone. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, um, that would make sense when we've talked about the that theme. Yeah, so that's what, I mean, because the end is so kind of the end is so kind of weird in that way. It's almost yeah, surreal. Um, Have you seen that film, Jacob's Ladder? Oh, I saw it years ago. Um, I can't so remember much about it. Well, basically, he's. I think he's kind of he's a, a Vietnam War veteran and he's got PTSD and he's he's having these really bad LSD flashbacks um, and and the suggestion is that it's because of you know medicine that they were given in Vietnam but then I think the and massive spoiler alert for anybody who's planning to watch this anytime soon I think the film ends and he's actually kind of on his deathbed in Vietnam yes technically the whole film is a never happened I mean concoction yeah. yeah. Wanted me money back when I found that out because I felt, you know, <laughs> felt a bit cheap. So basically, your this is of a similar pedigree. You think? I think so. Yeah. I think all these women are just part of the doctor's, you know, imagination. Ah, in- interesting, interesting theory. I, I was going to try and shoehorn in. Um, could Barry Evans have been? You know, he played Doctor Upton. He plays yes. the Doctor in this. Could he have been Doctor Who? What would that have looked like? Wow. Um, he'd have been a good doctor, I'd say. Yeah, that would work. If he was, yeah, if he wasn't, if he wasn't, if he wasn't shouting and being a bit over the top all the time, because at one point he goes, and I swear he says this in Adventures of a Taxi Driver, and I swear he says this in, here we, here we go around the Mulberry Bush, he goes, oh, bloody hell, like that, and I swear <laughs> yeah. he does that. In the, yeah, in the I know what you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Okay, so that's yeah. So it ends with him sort of driving quite haphazardly, I would say. Whoever's driving the car, yeah, no, crazily all over the street, yeah, down Harley Street or wherever. Um, and with the car uh, driving off, and we hear Vince Hill again. Yeah. So it's quite a nice sad little song. Yeah, it's quite a sad film. Yeah, though, no, really. it's when you think about it, it's the song which is things called the way you smile yeah it's got some very sad chords going on yeah and yeah it, it, it is a bit sad uh, come here to me i know you see that breaking Oh, 
it, I've, I've, I really enjoyed to, to, to various degrees and for various reasons. I enjoyed watching this film. Any any two particular reasons you enjoyed more than others? Um, <laughs> you see where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> um, 100 miles off. It's um, <laughs> you know, no, I just I would you know, like I say, universally panned, and we might get onto what the reviews were. Not that I could find any actually. Well, it um, is, but again, I think it's one of these films that not many people have actually watched. Yes, you know, hence it being in the book that you read from earlier. Yes, um, and I think even, even, I mean, this is a review of the time uh, from the um, monthly film bulletin, nineteen seventy-six. Okay. So this is a review from John Pym. Um, you know, it, it suggests that he, well, you know, wasn't really watching it that much. Um, a confessional sex comedy, neither startling, erotic or amusing, but nonetheless well up to the usual level of British witlessness. The jollification included an attempted seduction with a sausage stuck upright in the plate of mashed potato, a reprise of the jewel scene in Barry Lyndon, and Liz Fraser, a still-game veteran of the genre, doing overblown imitations of Mae West and Marlena Dietrich. He doesn't really mention the... Marion bit at all, does he? In that no, review. No. Um, it could have been worse, I think, yeah, maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's a very um, meh review, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, it kind of, it kind of it seems to be saying it, it's crap, but it's up there with all the other crap films, and it's it's no crapper than any of the other crap yeah, films. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I get from that. Yeah. Um, I the, the, the final sequence. sequence with Barry Ray goes mad, and and it's, again him and Liz Fraser, they have a little exchange where he puts the mat on and he says, "Oh, do you want me to flash?" And he starts. It's all very physical, almost like you, what you would imagine, you know, like a, a stage, an on-stage farce. Yes. And those two are having fun, and they are brilliant together. Yeah. It, it occurred to me, why didn't? Why didn't they just do a, a film with those two? I know that's not the format of of these films. There's always a, a male protagonist with various yeah. women. That's the yeah. that's the general structure. I get that, but those two were so good together. It's a shame that I mean, it's it's a, we're lucky that the segment we get with them two is quite lengthy. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. The, ah, so under the Doctor, yes. Um. So yeah, so I, I, I don't, I don't, couldn't find any information for how well, how well it did at the box office, but I assume it made some money back. Um, and the speaking about money, the ultimate irony is that this film is distributed by Alpha Distribution, which is owned by Mr. Stanley Long, Stanley Long, and his brother Peter. Yeah. So he was still making money out of Barry Evans in a roundabout way. I mean, I don't want to speak. Ill of the Dead, and I know you were friendly with him, but he maybe maybe dined out on the uh, Barry Evans like made bad decisions story a bit too much. I think he did, but it's just one of the stories he liked to tell. Um, but also, telling Stanley always said he was in the film business as a business to make money. You know, he didn't. Yeah, he wasn't in it to. I mean, he, Stanley. I know we talk about Stanley a lot, but he he, he had no time for these artistic filmmakers you know he had to he had to refilm loads of 
of Repulsion, Roman Polanski's film, because Polanski just forgot to film it and ran out of time. So Stanley had to go and film a load of bits. You know, he had no time for people like Michael Reeves. He's quite a fated, you know, young director. You know, he said he he didn't have a clue what he was doing. Uh, I imagine there's a balance. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is, of course. But, I mean, ultimately, a lot of these films were there just to make money. I mean, they got the money from the ED fund, didn't they? They got government money to make these films, believe it or not. (laughs) Imagine the uproar now. Oh, (laughs) Well, there was an uproar. You remember the film uh, Sex Lives of the Potato Men? Yes. Um, which which might be one we might look at one day. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was, talking, I was talking about that the other week in the pub, actually. But there was uproar when that came out because it was allegedly funded with lottery money. <laughs> I felt like I'd lost the lottery when I... I felt like I'd <laughs> lost the winning ticket when I watched it, so that kind of makes sense to me. Um, um, but, you know, people were outraged that instead of going to money going to charity it was going to make this horrible sex <laughs> film we should do that though it, it definitely there, there were definitely funny bits i remember that i'm a big uh, fan of that film right okay well let's let's yeah. let's do it i'm not going to say let's do it next time no, but, no. Um, but let's definitely add it to the list yeah and the longer the list the better yeah so um so yeah as i say i assume it made money um to it some a sequel but like we discussed earlier, it it has a long history of being out on video and whatnot. Yeah. Because because uh, uh, I got my copy in the like mid eighties, um, the large format clamshell. I got it from a shop called AB Superstores in Hounslow uh, that just had a random selection of video oddities. Um, I don't think I was eighteen when I bought it, so they were a bit slack, you know, letting me buy it. <laughs> Maybe you looked it. <laughs> I don't think they cared. Uh, <laughs> they probably thought it was a kids' film because of the cover, you know, because it's got sort of yeah, cartoonish cover. You know, it's got yeah, the, it's, a, it's it's almost grotesque, but yeah, cartoonish. It is. It's it's like one of those you know those sort of carry on film posters where they've got sort of big heads, you know. It's that, <laughs> yeah. but it's like that sort of style. It's like it's done by a sort of drawn by a teenager, you know. <laughs> It's such a bad drawing. Yeah, it uh, it is it it is awful. That has to be the cover for the um for 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 the podcast when we upload it. Yeah, um, and the the back cover is um, a, is a so, photo of Penny Spencer's breasts, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, poor lass. I mean, you know, she's the, right there on the on the yeah. cover. I mean, no wonder I I was interested in buying this film. You know, when I was <laughs> sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> it. it in it has some alternative titles. Yeah. Oh, shall I just so, read the, the blurb from the back of the video cover? Please do. Handsome young Dr. Boyd has several problems on his hands. They're all female and all attractive. Dr. Boyd has such considerable success in curing his patients' sexual problems that they chase him all over the surgery in order to try out their newfound sexual freedom. <laughs> that's, that's quite well yeah. articulated. And it's under the doctor, a gutsy erotic comedy for adults. How about that? Gutsy. Is it gutsy? Is it erotic? <laughs> According, Is it a to this. <laughs> According to this video. So, um, so yeah, well, I mean, was that a sort of uh, a, a life-changing moment, putting, putting, loading that up into the VHS? It might well have been the film that got me into all this nonsense. 
But you, you know, we've we've spoke before about the attraction of these films, and I think I remember saying on a previous episode, these films weren't shown for a long time, and then suddenly they're all being shown on Sky and Channel Five, yeah. and there's films coming out of the woodwork I didn't know existed. I'd I'd been watching British comedy films kind of all my life, and then suddenly I'm I'm sort of seventeen, eighteen, maybe a bit younger actually, and there's this whole dearth of bloody films and under the doctor i'd never heard of that i never heard of um ups and downs of a handyman yeah. um but both those films came out in the was it cinema club or something label in the yes. 90s you know uh, yeah yeah so somebody obviously had the rights and was just you know banging them out on well, video they, 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 they should get the uh, they should get the blu-ray treatment soon shouldn't they uh, yeah, they might do. Um, <laughs> Are you not hopeful? Well, I suppose it depends if the if they can get a good enough copy of it. I mean, there is copies floating around, obviously, but where they're from, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I don't really know how that works. So, um, um, but I hope there will be. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, I mean, there's a lot, of, as you say, a lot of this stuff is coming out on Blu-ray now. Yeah, it's. We've got, to pres- we've got to preserve this stuff, haven't we? So yeah, um, it all deserves to be preserved. As uh, you know, it's a, it's a companion piece to Barry Lyndon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the film Barry Lyndon could have been, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah. um, so just just quickly, a couple of trivia tidbits that I came came up with on my travels. So in Spain, this was um, Aventuras del Doctor, so oh. the Adventures of Doctor, or the Adventures of the Doctor. Um, but I think also in Spain, confusingly, Adventures of a Taxi Driver is Confeciones of a Taxi Driver. So they, they kind of fucked that up a little bit. Um, and there's also a Finnish title, which I can't pronounce, but it it, it translates as Adventures of the Gynecologist's Woman. <laughs> Brilliant. They should have called it that. <laughs> so it's a lot, it catches the eye a lot better, you know. So, um, so yeah... Um, some interesting alternative titles there, and of course, ultimately, this this film all adds to the the myth, the legend of Barry Evans, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, it's it's. I'm, I'm almost. I mean, I know we could probably go back and look at. Here we go around the mulberry bush, and I hope we do at some point. But I'm I'm almost sad to have kind of reached the end of, in terms of what we're going to cover. The, the Barry Evans story. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably never know why. I mean, the reason he did this film was for the money, I imagine. Uh, um, but we'll, we'll never know the true reasons why he went back to doing this after, you know, throwing the Adventures films back in Stanley's face. Um, yeah. And if he hadn't... One thing's for sure. If he yeah, hadn't got well, major language, who knows? But um, Yeah, a curious one. And then they brought it back in the, the mid-80s, didn't they? One yeah. of the regional channels because so. I've, I've got this uh, clipping somewhere from TV Times I think it, it was an interview when he first got Mind Your Language he said he was just basically unemployed just sitting around at home waiting for the phone to call and then literally one day the producer did phone him up and say oh do you want to do this new sitcom and actually I mean it's not my it's not my you know I know you you sort of champion it as a, an early um, sort of uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You know, celebrating diversity in in, uh, in the UK. Uh, it's not, it's not, it's not my favourite sitcom. But I think he's, as I said it in a previous episode, I think he's pretty good in it. I think he's pretty good. I actually, 
But we, we, we can't talk about that sitcom because it's been cancelled, right? Well, this podcast is going to get cancelled before long, so we can talk, <laughs> talk about what we want. Uh, yeah, I think these, I know it was an uneasy transition for him from sort of youthful, boyish looks to more adult roles. But I think this film kind of shows that he, he could do it, and I think Mind Your Language did as well. Um, okay, so here's, yeah, a, here's, all, here's all a, a bit sad. Go on. Here's a question. This is 1976, so we've we've had a couple of confessions films now, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of adventures. We have this. Is this is this the beginning of the decline of the British sex comedy? This sort of era. It's peaked uh, by now, hasn't it? What you mean? This is this is as good as it gets. Well, this this is the beginning of the end. Um, is my yes. proposition here? Yeah. Yes. Uh, maybe it was over be, before it began. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, after this, it, it definitely goes downhill, the, the, the quality of the films, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I, can't, I wonder why that is. You know, if you think about, like, the films got worse, but, you know, declining audiences wouldn't necessarily sort of equate to the films getting worse. Uh, I guess they just didn't bother, you know, with the scripts so much. I don't, I don't know what it is. Because I mean, let's yeah. face it. Come play with me. It's often, you know, obviously it made tons of money, but it's an appalling film. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it barely warrants being called a film. No, that is, it, again of much interest, and I look forward to talking about that. Yeah. But, um, In fact, all the David Sullivan films are dreadful. You know, yeah. David Galaxy Affair. My God, have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, sadly, God, yeah. quite a, recently. That truly is one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> Yeah, no, it. The game was up by this point, wasn't it? Yeah, I would say so. But I think they made a, a fair stab at it with this film. Yeah, I, 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 I stick to my, the point I made earlier. I don't think this is cynical, sort of sex exploitation. I think they've, I think they've tried to make a decent-ish, with decent production standards, um, and cinematography and all that. I think they try to make a decent-ish film. Don't quite get there by any stretch, but it's all right, and we get some we get some decent performances. And we do, funk, and we've got a lovely theme tune. Yeah, and I, can I just uh, tell you what Vic Pratt's summing up is in the bodies beneath? Please do. I saw the futility of it, says one of Barry's patients, half an hour into the action of the limp comedy castration that is under the doctor, discussing her sordid sex troubles, and for perhaps the only occasion in the film. The words unintentionally ring true, all right. The futility is writ, uh, writ large all over it, under it, and runs straight through it, almost like the writing on a little stick of Blackpool rock. Yet at the same time, the, the film speaks so eloquently of the uptight sexual sexuality of the masses in the supposedly permissive 1970s Britain, and of the work that British actors did when they didn't have the luxury of saying no, and that, and of that never-ending tension between commerce. Cash, art, and aesthetics. I mean, that's as that's as highbrow as we get, actually. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, Perfectly put, though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's under the doctor. We haven't mentioned the the film tie-in. The film tie-in. Yeah, the the book. Oh, there's a book. There is a book. Yeah, cool. Well, like, yeah, yeah. You, you've you've got it, haven't you? Oh, yeah, you had it. Um. I used to have it, yeah. Um, of course, I, I I never read it. 
<laughs> well, just quickly, I know I know you love these little tidbits. Just yeah, as yeah. you trying to just as you're trying to conclude matters, um, <laughs> it was written by somebody called Peter Buchanan. Yes, that's now right. pseudonym. Possibly, but just just putting this out there, and I I don't know if this is true. There was a man called Peter Buchanan, who was Lonnie Donegan's business manager or tour manager, and he wrote "My Old Man's a Dustman," and he then went on to write comedy scripts for Dick Emery and people like that. So it could well be it was him. It, it might be. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Unconfirmed, but it might be. Speaking of Dick Emery, actually, and Barry Evans, um, Barry Evans did a quite an obscure series in the early eighties with Dick Emery called Legacy of Murder. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit. I've seen bits of it on like UK Gold or something. Yeah, is it a bit sort of Agatha Christie type? Well, it's kind of Dick. Uh, Barry Evans kind of plays a straight man, and he's a straight man. <clears throat> you know, Dick Emery does all his usual disguises and stuff, but Barry Evans is just playing it really straight. It's an unusual one. Also, maybe our, maybe our Barry Evans exploration is not finished yet. No, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see that. I've never really... I've seen, like, an episode, but not the whole thing. I think yeah, it's, it's, def- it's out there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was like a, a 1920s, 1930s type thing. Um, I'm making that bit up. I don't know, but it's a sort of murder mystery thing. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. So, another connection. I mean, who... Who signed off on that? <laughs> Can you imagine the pitch? It's like, you know, Alan Partridge in Monkey Tennis. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean who signed off on... Uh, in 1983, oh, we'll get Dick Emery and... Ba- yeah, anyway. Well, um, it was kind of near the end of both their careers, really, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sadly. So, yeah, an in- a really interesting one. Um, sorry that there were some production difficulties uh, <laughs> during the make. I mean, it's usually the microphone breaking, not the chair that I'm <laughs> sitting on. Um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed that. We've got lots of um, interesting stuff in the pipeline. Indeed. Would it, would it be premature to allude to one of our possible events? Are you, you going to pop the cham- champagne cork? <laughs> I don't pop my cork for every guy I see, you know. Um <laughs> So we are we are thinking of perhaps doing a little event, a bit of a get together for friends. You know that there's a small group of us who obviously like these kinds of films and like talking about yeah. them. And anyone else, anyone else who comes out the woodwork, absolutely. Like like a yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we're contemplating a bit of an event, probably London based. It would be almost definitely a bit of a get together. Maybe a bit, you know, showing off a few of our artefacts and stuff, but mainly getting to meet people. And then maybe, and we're still in the planning stages, maybe doing a bit of a, a sort of live podcast recording with a studio audience like Happy Days. Yeah, you can you can see Pete's artefacts. Now, that is an offer nobody <laughs> can refuse. So, um, but yeah, more of that down the line. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, let us know and we will definitely, definitely, definitely yep. take it forward. So... Have a lovely day, my friend. And you. And I'll see you next one. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye.
across the void beyond the mind. The empty space and serpent's time. I see where others stumble blind. The secret truth they never find. Eternal wisdom is my time. Is your faith before your mind? No man am I. 